This is COVID-19 Seattle. I'm Dave Ross. And I'm Aaron Granillo. At least one member of the Federal Coronavirus Task Force thinks our state could be ready to reopen schools and businesses as usual. The data in Washington would suggest that you're in a good position to really be moving forward. You know, you should really be getting back into the business of business and schools and everything else. That's Admiral Dr. Brett Girard. He's also U.S. Assistant Secretary of Health. And he tells Jason Rance on our sister station, KTTH, that Washington is a so-called green state. That means the incidence of COVID-19 is below 5% here. If you're in a green state and you're a green county, there really is no reason that you shouldn't be safely and sensibly reopening schools, reopening businesses. He says local communities may be in better or worse shape, but overall, the state is in a good position to move forward with the important caveat that people still wear masks and avoid large gatherings. So who do we trust here, Dave? Do we trust uh, Brett Gerard, the admiral with the coronavirus White House task force, or our state's public health workers? Must it always be one or the other, Aaron? <laughs> Can we not just get along? I think that's what's happening here. Yeah. The, the districts that feel secure about opening up seem to be opening up, and those that don't are going to uh, start online. Uh, We are getting some real-world tests as universities and colleges try to open up, and some have had to close down a week later. Um, But I I think uh, it's it's one of those things where it's very difficult to manage an institution like that at a distance. You have to depend, you have to trust the people whose job it is to manage those schools and colleges and see uh, what they feel best about doing. So another key metric out there today, the R-naught number, which Governor Inslee likes to talk about a lot, the transmission rate. Uh, That also appears to be trending downward. Some models show that statewide we're at that key level of below one. So that means if you are infected with COVID-19, on average, you are infecting less than one person. In turn, that means that our... um, Our line of cases is essentially going downward. So that's a good thing, of course. A couple other notes um, from the Washington State Department of Health. The latest statewide situation report um, shows that COVID-19 case counts are plateauing or even falling. Still, there are new outbreaks around prisons, some college towns, which you just mentioned, Washington State in particular, and also some hospitals are seeing outbreaks too. uh, And there are also rising case counts in some counties. So... Of course, that means that we are not uh, entirely in the clear. The key figure, though, to me, seems to be that hospitalizations and deaths due to COVID-19 have not risen for the past three weeks. Well, they haven't gone down either, but uh, at least it doesn't seem to be getting worse. That that sharp upward curve that we were seeing on some of the models does not appear to be happening now. The newest data show case counts have plateaued in King and Clark counties. They have actually decreased in Benton, Franklin, Pierce, and Yakima counties. But case counts are still rising in Walla Walla, Grant, and Lewis counties. And Washington's health secretary says until case counts start to decrease across the board, many schools will be unable to reopen safely. And as we heard last week from our Seattle King County Public Health Officer, Dr. Jeff Duchin, he was optimistic that if these trends continue, there's a chance that school children could go back to school before the end of this year. Let's hope so. Good news. Let's get an update now on the debate in Congress over the next coronavirus aid package. White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows plans to meet with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi as soon as today to discuss it. However, on NBC's Meet the Press, Meadows said that 
Nancy Pelosi has not been willing to negotiate fairly. She puts forth a number, suggests that she came down, and yet she's willing to turn down $1.3 trillion of help that goes to the American people because she would rather them have nothing than to give way on on what her fantasy objection might be. Uh, Mark Meadows also said the new package will include funding for schools, child care, and hospitals at levels he claims Pelosi should agree with. Can you remind us, Dave, why these two sides still cannot come to terms? Uh, yes, I can. It's basically over funding for the states. The let's let's go through the sequence of events here. Back in May, the House of Representatives, controlled by the Democrats, but you know, supposedly representing the American people, passed a package for three point four trillion dollars. Three point four trillion. Mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi has since come down to two point two trillion. The Trump people, the president wants $1.3 trillion, which is $900 billion less than Pelosi's new offer. And that represents the money that would go to the states to help, uh, quote, bail them out. The Republicans are worried that they're bailing out uh, Democratic states that were irresponsible. Uh, Pelosi has said that there are people here who are hurting and need the money now. The president, as you may recall, signed a series of presidential memorandums, which are sort of like executive orders, hmm. which... It seemed like a good idea at the time. They would supply a $400 unemployment benefit to replace the $600 one, right? But 100 bucks of that would have to come out of state budgets, which many states say they can't afford. Mm-hmm. And the other catch is the federal portion of that came from the disaster fund. That was before Laura, Hurricane Laura, hit Louisiana and Texas. So now you have the prospect of taking $44 billion out of the disaster fund at a time when you've got hurricane recovery going on and uh, earmarking that for unemployment payments. And even that would only last about a month. So this is where they are, and I still haven't heard of any uh, breakthrough yet. This is becoming an election issue now, too. I mean, what do you think? Are the Can a deal get done in the next 63 days or so? Well, I'll tell you, I've gotten, uh, I don't know if you recall, but I mentioned a few weeks ago, hey, we like to hear from people who are having trouble getting their yeah. payments. Well, the mail just started coming in, and uh, we're following up on it. But you have people who are saying, I've drained my savings. I now don't know where to get food. And these are people who aren't in the habit of using food banks, right, who have been employed, had good jobs, but now find themselves looking at an empty bank account and wondering uh, when's this going to change. So uh, it's affecting millions of people. And I have to think that there's a lot of pressure on Congress to do something. Let's get the latest now on the vaccine. In an article posted in the Financial Times, FDA Commissioner Stephen Hahn says he is open to approving a vaccine before phase three trials are completed. But his predecessor, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, told CBS's Face the Nation that would only happen in some limited situations, such as for healthcare workers and others in high risk situations. As for the rest of us, I think the full approval for the general population where people can go to CVS and get a shot, that's really a 2021 event. Maybe the first quarter of 2021, probably more likely the first half. This all comes as the U.S. is approaching six million confirmed cases of COVID-19. Okay, so approving a vaccine before phase three trials are completed. Smart move. Well, these are the big trials, right, where you, you test them on people and then you have to wait because you can't deliberately infect someone and see if the vaccine works. So that's why people are hot to, to speed this up. 
But there are, and I think the people who work with vaccines will tell you this, definitely risks to rolling out a vaccine when you've only tested on a few hundred people as opposed to tens of thousands, which is what the phase three trials are supposed to do. And so rationally, you would say then that given the elevated risk, a vaccine that's only been partly tested should only go out to those who are going to die without it, who are so vulnerable, so susceptible to uh, to COVID-19 that it, it's less of a risk to give them this virus before it's been completely tested than not to. And I think for most people faced with that choice, they're probably going to hang back until the testing is done before they go to get it. One of the world's premier marathons goes online this year. The 124th Boston Marathon will take place virtually this year. That means runners will still hit the streets and log their miles through an interactive app. Yes, the marathon normally takes place on a Monday in April as part of Patriots Day in Massachusetts. Now, registered runners are being encouraged to complete the 26.2-mile distance by themselves wherever they are in the world. Runners can still get a taste, though, of the Boston experience. The app that tracks their miles will also include cheers from a virtual crowd when they hit key mile markers. The Seattle Marathon is also going virtual, too. Two weekends ago, they ran summer events. The next big marathon is in November. I read this story, and I was wondering to myself, since you live on Mercer Island, Dave, I was thinking... How how big is Mercer Island? And I, and I found this fun fact that the perimeter around the island is actually about 14 miles. So that yes. means a couple of miles, Dave, you got yourself a, a marathon and some change. You you're going to do yeah. it? That's, that involves running along north, uh-huh. east, and west Mercer Ways, which, for my money, are some of the most dangerous roads <laughs> in the state, even just to drive. So, uh, no, I will not be running that. By the way... During the New York Marathon, didn't somebody get caught taking the subway for part of it? And Uh, if you're going to do this virtual online marathon thing, what's to prevent a whole bunch of people from suddenly turning into record speeds here? I'm hearing excuses from you, Dave. (laughs) I'm not going to participate because I don't trust the process, Aaron. Okay, all right. That's it. I don't know about you, but the quarantine 15, if, you know, packing on the pounds or anything (laughs) is becoming a little bit too real for me. Yeah, I'm noticing the saddlebags seem to be growing, yes. We will be back tomorrow and every day after with a 10-minute rundown of the daily local news. You can subscribe to this podcast. You can also find our news coverage on MyNorthwest.com or listen live at 97.3 FM.